everyone. It is Go For Set Deck with Shayna Worsham, and I am interviewing Megan Lee today. She is a graphic designer, and she also works as a concept artist, which is very interesting to me. And she is so kind to come on and share her experience as a graphic designer and her transition into a concept artist. I worked with Megan back when I did an episode or two of the show Dynasty, and I only worked with her for a short time, but I believe her and our mutual friend worked together, Noelle, which Noelle set us up, and Megan uh, volunteered to come on the show, so I'm very excited to share with you her experience. She has done a couple shows that I feel like some people might know, one being Jumanji, She's also done The Conjuring and Next Goal Wins, just to name a few. But check her out. She's super awesome. And I hope you guys enjoy this episode with Megan Lee. Thanks so much, Megan, for coming on. I have Megan Lee here with me, who's a graphic artist in Atlanta. And she also is uh, transitioning over into a concept artist. So we're going to touch upon uh, those two topics real quick. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. Yes. So um, how would you describe the job of a graphic designer? I would say it's anything signage or even digital that the art department, set deck, props, costumes, VFX may need. So anything, any digital signage (laughs) or images. Yeah, that makes sense. I probably should mention that we, in the film industry, for people who don't know, we have to clear all of our art and all of our images and all of our signage and everything that Megan would make is stuff that we would have to have her sign off and just be like, yes, I made this. I did it. It's ours. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Make sure it's clear and easy to use. (laughs) And as a graphic designer, what would a normal day at work look like for you? I would say like in the beginning of the show, it's reading the script, taking notes, making a list of every single item we might need down to cop badges, you know, all the way up to like menus, anything and everything. And then touching base with different departments to see what they might need. And then as the show goes on, in a perfect world, it's just trying to knock out as much stuff as possible (laughs) and as quick as possible. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So, and then some of the hero things, you know, taking your time and like getting to work on that. And then, yeah, I don't know if I answered that correctly, but. (laughs) Yeah, of course, definitely. Uh, What programs does your job require you to work with? Um, I work in uh, Adobe Illustrator and Photoshop. um, And then sometimes iPad Procreate. Okay. Is there other programs that other artists use that they prefer over those or? Not really. That one's like pretty standard. Yeah. I know there's different programs that a set designer might use or a model maker might use, but for graphic artists, it's pretty much Photoshop or Illustrator. I think other programs try to compare, but they're just not that universal yet. Gotcha. Gotcha. Is there a preference between Mac and PC? I didn't put this in the questions I gave you, but I'm just... Oh, no. I think it doesn't matter. Yeah. Just whatever you want to use. PCs are more powerful. They're cheaper. So I've seen a lot of people use PCs, but then I just love the Mac 
language, how it all kind of communicates with each other. So I stick to a Mac, but I've definitely seen a lot of people use PCs um, just because of how, how cheap they are. Can't refuse a bargain, right? <laughs> yeah, more cheap and more powerful. So, you know. <laughs> how would you describe your relationship with the production designer? I would say pretty close. Yeah. So my job also like entails working with them sometimes directly. Other times I have to go through an art director, but for the most part, I go directly to the production designer just to get their visual look put onto the set. They would give you some references and you'd kind of run with it. Yeah. They would give me some references. Um, Sometimes I even have to do my own research and I might pick a couple of things and kind of show them that way. But a lot of times they have their references sometimes even like a sketch of what they want. And then, yeah, then they send it over to me. So yeah, I was working uh, with a production designer and we had to do a ton of boxes for makeup because we had to create our whole makeup line. Basically the production designer was telling me that she was looking for a really great graphic designer because it was going to be so graphics heavy And she's like, I can't describe how important my relationship with my graphic designer is because it takes so much trust from the production designer's end to just hope that the graphic designer can actually come out with the stuff that they're hoping for. It's like tiny amount of information and you have to create a whole world. (laughs) And you have to be like a chameleon too. You have to be able to create, you know, the high brand or the really branded stuff like like a cosmetics line and, um, and you have to look really professional, but then you also have to create graphics that look really bad. Like a graphic designer did not create them, but it still has to look interesting. Like, you know, it has to be bad, but interesting. And there's that really fine line of how you kind of make that. So I think making bad graphics is almost harder than making, um, a very branded type thing. So Definitely. Yeah. One of, it's funny that you say that because in the movie that we, it's called like a boss, but we did, so we did our hero characters makeup line and we had to create another line for the rivals character. And, uh, it's these two guys that create a makeup line that are basically cover up your face with super thick makeup and reject everything that you are and run around in hot pants. So they're the villains of the story. (laughs) Um, Their makeup line, the graphic designer created neon-colored leopard print boxes. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's like a very brand – it's like a very specific brand of trashy. Like, it's (laughs) sellable trashy, if you know what I mean. It's hard to go um, bad, like you were saying, to where it would still be marketable. Yeah, and that's like – I feel like that's probably the hardest – part of the job is trying to make those bad ones, you know, like, cause it has to be good still, but bad. it's just, yeah, that's, that's always so tricky. Right. Have you ever done something that was, you were tasked with doing a really bad piece of graphic design and you had to do it like 50 times before you ended up getting a result? Yeah. And it's hard to kind of shake off that, like, you know, what your brain and everything is taught, you know, how to like space everything. And it's really hard to kind of shake that off and not make it look like a professional did it. Yeah. Sometimes there might be like 30 versions just to kind of get that correct, good, bad one. (laughs) Yeah, no, absolutely. I feel like the set deck equivalent of that is kid art. 
like an adult making kid art. Yeah. There's kid art looks a very specific way. So as an adult, you don't draw like a child anymore. You've developed your skills and well, I hope that you've developed your skills in just drawing lines and making circles and you don't like brain situation where you want to like make purple beards and the sky yellow and you don't think like that anymore. So creating kid art is like, uh, I'm overthinking this. I just need to scribble a bunch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know. I've always, I've always thought that was so funny. But I, always, I've always seen good kid art though from Set Deck. So I feel like that's yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. Well, this, you know, years of practice. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How do you navigate through the the politics of working with a new designer? Some that's actually pretty hard. I feel like, and I feel like I'm always learning on every show because every show is different. Um, and I've definitely been put in situations where a logo or something has to go through the showrunner and, or like the director. And I feel like directors are becoming more and more involved in graphics as well as showrunners. Like I feel like every show I'm on, I mean, again, it's different, but on one show I had to show everything to the showrunner. So it got to the point where sometimes like the designer would want one thing, but the showrunner or showrunner would want something else. And it kind of made it like a little tricky, like navigating those politics. And I'm, I'm always so bad at it. Like I, I never know. (laughs) Yeah. It's so difficult. It's like, you don't know how, like where the lines to cross and not to cross are because you, they're both your boss essentially at the end of the day. Like, exactly. Yeah, you have to make both of them happy. So how do you do that if they're not agreeing or aligned, you know? Yeah. So that's always like pretty tricky. Um, and for some reason, I don't know why, but if you give a showrunner or a director, someone who's not in the art department, like three versions, um, they're always going to pick the version you hate. <laughs> so it's, it, it happens like all the time. Normally I don't, I don't mind because a lot of times like with, with versions, normally the ones I do, I'm happy with because I wouldn't put them on paper, you know, if I wasn't happy with them. But sometimes you're like, man, why did you choose that? Like, I don't, but it's never with the designer. It's always with showrunners or um, directors. <laughs> Interesting. I wonder what that is. That's so funny. I uh, have a strategy that I use for, So when I present stuff to my decorator or my designer, whatever position I'm doing, and I have to present to a higher up, I always include three options and normally I'll include a really bad one. So then that way it makes the other two look way better. I'm like, Ooh, this one's really expensive and it looks exactly like what we want, but it's so expensive and it's coming from out of the country and it's going to be very expensive to ship in blah, blah, but it's dead on what we want. And then there's like the middle version where it's a compromise and it looks kind of like it, but it's way cheaper. And then there's this last version that's like the ugly duck that no one wants to touch and it just enhances the other two. That's, yeah, that's pretty smart. See, in graphics though, um, if you show them an ugly duck, they will choose the ugly duck. I have no idea why. I On my last show, I actually got to work with a graphic designer, which was a lot of fun because normally we don't really get to work together. Um, and so we got to share our experiences and, and it was awesome. And, and he felt the same way. Um, so it's just kind of funny how that happens. Like if you put, if you use that strategy in graphics, it always 
kind of blows up in your face. <laughs> wow, that's so interesting. It's really interesting. Yeah. And it's always with, it's never with the designer. It's always with the showrunner or the director. Mm. I have no idea. I don't, I can't crack the case yet on why. <laughs> got to be some kind of psychology behind it because they see such big picture. Like exactly. Focus on the teeny tiny details and like the creative brains that we are in the art department are always like, let's uh, pay attention to every tiny detail. And then maybe it's the big scope of their perspectives that are having them choose or like gravitate towards that. Yeah. And it, it might not even matter too, because maybe the worst one could be the best one for the fit. I mean, I heard someone say once that if you can see graphics in a film, like if you can pick them out, then you're doing your job wrong. Cause graphics really have to blend in. Like, unless you're doing like what you said, a, a, a hero company product line. But for the most part, we really just have to make sure everything just looks natural. And we kind of add that extra layer to the set, unless it's called out, you know, like a logo or something, but, but yeah, so they have to be, you don't want it to pop out. <laughs> no, definitely not. It's, yeah, it's the same for set deck because if you, if you notice that the set dressing is not right, that means you've done it wrong. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It pulls you out of whatever you're watching. That's such a big no, no. Anyway. It really is. Yeah. <laughs> How did this happen? <laughs> How did you get into the film industry? Um, I actually have always wanted to be in the film industry. I think since, yeah, maybe since I was, oh my gosh, like seven or eight, I always wanted to be an actress, but I was so bad at it, like super bad. And I remember, um, I mean, I did everything. I did theater, all that stuff. And I never made any plays. <laughs> I Like I never got in. So I always had to do the backstage stuff. And finally, when I was 18, like one of my theater mentors was like, <laughs> don't go don't pursue acting like I'm just telling you now really? <laughs> yeah I mean I'm glad she did so um she was like you're great at painting and um you know explore that outlet and that's what I did I went to school for production design and then um yeah so that's kind of how I got here I wouldn't I would have never pegged you as an actress just because it you're so nice <laughs> I, I don't I don't know why yeah I'm not sure what I was thinking but for the longest time yeah probably until I was 17 or 18 I wanted to be an actress but yeah I'm really glad I did not pursue that <laughs> it's just a very specific personality type you know actors have a different they just carry themselves differently I feel like yeah yeah I think so too so I'm, I'm definitely a lot happier where I'm at so um and I love being a part of film so it's really nice to to still be a part of it so but yeah, that's awesome. What is the most challenging thing that you've created? I feel like on my last show, I had a lot of challenging things. We did a museum and a lot of it was a lot of huge paintings. And for this particular show, instead of building a ceiling, we actually printed the ceiling. So getting the so it was like this whole dome thing. And we found an image online that we can use because clearance is actually, it's getting a lot easier for clearances. I don't know why. It's it, getting so much harder for set deck. Really? For me, it's like, as long as you're not changing it, then you're fine. <laughs> so I don't, Weird. it's so bizarre. Yeah. I have, I've actually, every show I feel like clearances gets easier and easier and easier. I still have no idea. Yeah. It's really bizarre. Um, but for this one, uh, set we had to we had to create this maybe 
it's like a hundred feet by a hundred feet or 50 by 50 by a hundred ceiling. And it's like this huge dome thing. And we got the image, but it had to look like, you know, the dome is, it had to look like it was going into the air. So, or like, you know, there's, there's a lot of perspective built into it. So the creating it was not very hard, but just trying to make it work was pretty hard. We had to print these like long panels, sew them together. Um, And it turned out, it turned out really well, but just using a really nice photograph slash painting as a part of the set was something new to me. So that's interesting. It's also really interesting to incorporate the perspective aspect of it, because do you, do you just adjust the image to get smaller in certain areas or just with like, um, having like the center of the dome be a little bit less saturated and a little bit lighter, you know, adding blues to it to kind of add that atmospheric perspective. And like I said, that, I mean, that was like really a couple clicks on like Photoshop. That one wasn't really crazy, but the other challenging part too, was because it was so huge, the image had to have a pretty good resolution. Not great because it's so high. So you can get away with, you know, if you look at it up close, it's like, what are you looking at? But then up high, it looks totally fine, but still the image, it still needed some resolution. So I actually found this like program that adds AI back into photos and it's really, really crazy, but it blew up this image and um, we printed it and made the panels and it, it looked really good. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. But yeah, we ran into a lot of challenges though, just also with the gravity of it and how it can, how it had to all be held up. And it was just, it was all sewed together. And next time I I would probably have them sew it. So it was maybe better reinforced. And I don't know, it was, it was tricky, like on all kinds of levels. And I feel like that was probably the trickiest thing I've done so far. Construction installed it, um, all that stuff. So yeah, creating it wasn't very hard, but just the technical aspect of it. So yeah, on this last show, I I did a lot of things that weren't necessarily graphics, but they were still part of like, I did a lot of floors, a lot of like marble, a lot of tile work, a lot of things that it's kind of amazing what you can do or what you can print now. The show, the movie I just decorated called Happiest Season, we had this giant, I wouldn't even call it an armoire because it's it was so huge and it weighed a billion pounds. And my poor set dressers had to carry it upstairs onto our set. But um, it was this beautiful wooden cabinet. And then it had this middle section that was a mirror. And naturally, you're like, shit, why is that there? (laughs) Why? Why? Yeah. (laughs) And there's nothing natural that you can put over a mirror on a cabinet like that that's going in a dining room that will look right. I can put stickers over it. I can, like, age it. But nothing's going to look Right. So our art director took a photo of the wood on the cabinet and just printed it and stuck it onto the mirror part. And it looked literally like it was just all wood. That's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's really cool. Like, yeah, what you can do now. Um, like, yeah, my last show, I feel like I did a lot of that stuff, like just, yeah, wood and marble and, um, just a ton of stuff to kind of help save on cost. And it looked, I mean, it, it looked, fine too. So sometimes when like the light would hit it, it wasn't quite like a wood floor, you know, 
but because it still has a bit with, I mean, the scenics, they would just put some magical stuff over it and it looked just like a wood floor. I mean, it was amazing. <laughs> so impressive that um, the skills that you can do with just printing things now and the, like you can print on canvas and you can print on all different textures, which I think is amazing. Yeah. Oh yeah. We did carpets. We did everything. Yeah. So it was just, it was really cool. Yeah. <laughs> I feel so bad for Noelle right now because she's working on printed custom carpets and she's just had a real time with it. <laughs> yeah. I did that on my last show and it, it turned out really well. It still like kind of looks like it's not, if you look at it up close, you're like, okay, that's not really carpet, but it does its job, you know? So, um, but yeah, we just, I did this huge rug and it was neat because I got to work with, um, the decorator and she wanted to find this certain color. Um, there's like long runners. It's kind of like an Egyptian style rug. I don't know the, the correct term for it, <laughs> but we needed like these, this certain style, but she couldn't find one in the colors she wanted. So we just, me and the other graphic designer created our own and just printed it. And it was super easy a lot cheaper. I mean, it was kind of great. <laughs> and it looked awesome, I'm sure. And it lo yeah, it looked awesome. So that sounds really fun. Yeah. I love when you have solutions like that, especially when you're in the, you're like straight up in a pickle when you're in the decorator shoes and you're like, Oh, I just need this runner to be a certain color and my life would be so much easier. And then you swoop right in and answer all our prayers. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to get the color like completely right because the way that the ink absorbs that carpet material. But for the most part though, I mean, we had, we got maybe a couple samples back, but then maybe by the third try, it was totally fine. It's interesting. I find it very fascinating, but that's, that was kind of what uh, Noelle was going through was the color struggle. Yeah. Yeah. She asked me if um, I had a Pantone book and I was like, oh man, I only have one. These things are like gold for um, graphic designers. <laughs> like, yeah. And they're so expensive. <laughs> So expensive. I just, it's like $150, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really crazy. <laughs> oh my goodness. How do you get to where the designer wants you to go with a direction of a design? If you, so say you're working on a sign for Coke, Coca-Cola, you need to make the bear and the stuff, right? So say you're making this design and the designer's like, I want you to take it to a 1980s feel. And you keep trying and trying and trying, but how do you get to where you need to go with them or where they're trying to get you? Like, do you just keep showing them references or just keep redoing art or? I, I'll just keep redoing it. I'll try to do, I'll try to do six versions that look completely different than each other. And then, or, I mean, it depends on the show. If we're honestly, if we're running out of time, I'll do three versions or something. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, I'll try to do that. And then, and I'll try to make them completely different and then I'll show the designer and that will normally put me on the right track. I haven't had any hiccups yet where I just wasn't seeing what they wanted, but I have heard of that from like past designers and stuff like that, where they're just like, I've done 100 revisions and I have no idea, but so far, I haven't really come across that unless it's like a very certain logo that has to be created because logos are always so much harder just just to get that professional look done. But for like signs, like a Coca-Cola poster or whatnot, yeah, I would do like three to six completely different versions. 
or different styles. And then that way they can say yes or no. Or sometimes too, they'll be like, oh, I like this font, but I like this background. And I, you know, and then that from there, I can keep going or whatnot. But I try not to spend too much time on my first initial like packet that I show them. And when I do show uh, production designers like packets of my stuff, I try to show all the research that I used for it as well. So they could look back on that too and be like, oh, actually, I like kind of where this one's going. And then we just kind of go from there. So, but normally that's been pretty, it's been pretty easy so far. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I think that comes back a little bit to how I was saying the designer, graphic designer and the production designer relationship gets so into the trust level. I think it's very similar to our buyer decorator relationship because it's, you have to really speak the same language and be as chameleon as you can to adapt to what they want. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It gets a little tricky, but I have seen designers just get so upset that their graphic designer isn't understanding what they want or like getting to a place they want them to go. And it's, yeah, it's just doing your versions and hoping that they pick something from them, I guess. Yeah. And I think time too is a a big part of it. I think the graphic designer position is changing so much just because of technology and, and what we can accomplish. I think that I do think a lot of shows should have two graphic designers and it doesn't happen a lot, but I feel like they should, because if, if you're trying to work on a very, you know, something that the designer really, really wants and you're trying to focus your time on that, but then you also have, you know, like set deck that needs GAC and costumes that need stuff and props that need stuff. And they're all just kind of coming at you but you really need to focus your time on this one thing. I feel like that's when maybe it's not clicking with the graphic designer and the production designer. So, I mean, I could be, I could be wrong too, but I feel like whenever I've had issues on trying to like get a certain look down, I have to just kind of do all the gack and everything else first. And then when everyone else goes home, work on the really like art heavy hero thing that you're trying to create. <laughs> So, but then you're there until like midnight, you know, that's why I feel like graphic designers are always the last people to leave. <laughs> yeah. there was. I worked on Logan Lucky and Lisa was the graphic designer on that. Um, Lisa Yinsling? Oh, Yeiser. Yeiser. Oh, yeah. I always say her last name wrong. It is ever since I've known her. Uh, we were always the last two to leave. I believe um, it. Yeah. And I think that it's, I don't think it's unreasonable to have a second graphic designer now too. So I just think it helps, but I know money is a huge thing and, um, that's always, it's always tricky, but I think having two is pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's beneficial for everyone involved. <laughs> yeah. Like the last show I was on, there was two of us and you know, one, he could just work with set deck and I could just work with art or vice versa, or sometimes we would switch or, you know, it's just, it was so nice. It wasn't, it just was really nice. <laughs> it wasn't overwhelming. <laughs> yeah. We had a couple of late nights, but nothing too crazy. So That's awesome. Uh, well, speaking of that, what is your relationship with set deck normally like since technically your art department and we're just like people that come up to you and say, please do this for us. We're dying. Help. <laughs> I mean, I, for the most part, it's been pretty good. I worked with some pretty talented set deck departments recently and, um, and throughout my whole, I feel like career, I've always worked with pretty solid set deck departments. I haven't, I haven't worked with any that are too crazy. You know, you hear rumors of some of the set decorators that can be a little crazy. So I haven't, I haven't seen that 
I worked on one show where the set decorator was mean, but not crazy, if that makes sense. But yeah, but for the most part, though, it hasn't, it hasn't been awful. And like I said, what I'll try to do is knock it out as soon as possible. And what I've learned to do now is if I'm drowning, I, I tell my art director, you know, like, Hey, um, set deck needs 50 flyers right now, but I have to get this done for the production designer. And normally the art director is pretty good about working something out. Like, do we need to have a second for a little while or is it okay if an art PA knocks out some gack that, you know, they could do to kind of, um, work on their skills, you know, like stuff like that where, but I've, I've tried to be more vocal about letting people know if I'm. Yeah. Cause it's only going to help you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So before I think I would try to take it all on and it just made it pretty stressful, but but so far, though, on these past couple of shows, Set Deck's been really good about what they need, when they need it. Um, so I've had time to do it. You know, there's always rushes. There's always last minute stuff. But you just kind of have to do it and move on. <laughs> yeah. I always feel so bad talking to graphics because I'm like, I know you're so overwhelmed. And I'm about <laughs> to give you the dumbest list. But these are also things that are we need them. <laughs> yeah. And I've, I've also, I've worked with some great sectic departments where their art department coordinators really do a fantastic job. And if they have things like, you know, binder labels or something like something like that, I've, they'll try to have their set deck PA knock out that kind of stuff before coming to me, you know? So, and I, and I love that. And I think that works out really well. But I also know the poor set deck PA will get like swamped and that sort of thing too. So it, it's just kind of, I think it all just like, there's always those couple of days where you're like, Oh my gosh, there's so much work to do. <laughs> so much. You feel completely overwhelmed and you're like, this is the Titanic. <laughs> yeah. But that's why I do think it's so important to have two graphic designers just to, because set deck really needs their own graphic designer. Like in some shows, I feel like I do more set deck work than art department just because of, you know, the GAC and you really need those extra layers to help sell the set and build the character. I've just kind of been learning to delegate. Like if if it's something that I think an art department PA can handle, I'll ask the coordinator if they can take that on. That's awesome. but it, ha- it has to be like really, cause then you go into like union rules and all that stuff. But so it has to be like super easy and super background. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, and I've also heard too, like you can buy a lot of GAC now from like prop shops and yeah, you know, like pizza boxes. Pizza all box. Yeah. So it just, I try to take it on all myself, but if they're, if, if I do get too overwhelmed, I try to speak up now because I've, I get tired, you know, it's just the <laughs> the stress of it. <laughs> yeah. And the first couple of shows, I'm always like, okay, I can do it. And then after like, you know, each show I'm like, I can use some help. So, but I've normally worked with really strong coordinators. And I think that's what really makes a show is how fantastic set deck and art department coordinators are. Because if you're on a tough show and you've got a strong coordinator on both sides, oh my gosh, it makes life so wonderful where you're like you're just amazing (laughs) no they're magical elves that come in and do this thankless job you're just shocked by it but it it really does 
make your life so much easier if you have the really good ones. Yeah. It's, it's really, it's really amazing. (laughs) I talked a little bit about that in previous episodes on the podcast, because if you have good coordinators, it is is so life-changing and it, the set tech department does just, it keeps growing. And it's so ironic that you're talking about how easy clearances are getting because we, it took four months to get one of our first clearance sent through on our show. And it was just like a piece of art that we had the name of the artist. We found them, we found their information and we were just like, can't we just contact them and ask them if we can use it? <laughs> yeah. That's really strange. Yeah. yeah. I feel like since streaming is becoming such a huge thing now and you're not dealing with commercials and that sort of thing, I feel like clearances has, for me, has gotten a lot easier. I think because of that, um, I worked on a CW show four or five years ago and clearances was a nightmare and, and nothing really that bad was going on in the show. Like I worked on the walking dead and clearances were pretty bad on that too, but you know, you've got people bashing each other's heads in and like, no one wants their logo like right next to that. Yeah. So I can kind of understand that one. Um, but, but yeah, with like the streaming now it's become so easy and that actually has helped me out a lot too with set deck because, you know, if you need, um, a lot of GAC, it's just, it's easier to find stuff off of iStock or the internet and just kind of like shape it how you want. And then you send it over to clearances and they're like, yeah, cool. We don't want to see that. Like, why are you sending us yak? <laughs> we don't care. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Candy bar. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. They're like, you can't read that. Um, but I have been on shows where even the gak you send over and they're like criticizing everything. And, um, you're like, no one is going to see this. So, um, I've also learned to kind of let loose a little bit too, with that kind of stuff. Yeah. So. It's tricky. Yeah. Um, I have worked with decorators that want nothing but, real life stuff. So say we have an apartment, this boss might want nothing but actual newspaper articles from 1965 plastered to a cupboard, but she wants it to actually come from a newspaper from 1965. And she wants it to come from an estate sale that is in someone's house and you have to go to this estate sale, magically find what she's asking you for and then have like pull off the tiny articles in this person's home and then bring them to your set and plaster them up. But technically that's not cleared. Yeah. Yeah. If someone were to, yeah, technically, I mean, you probably would never be able to tell what it is, but yeah, technically it's not cleared. And a lot of times, like, I mean, I've worked on shows where coordinators are very like, They'll be like, what did you, what is that? Like, let me, let me see. Like, let me, let me yeah. send that over, you know? And you're like, you walk around set just to make sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's, I mean, it is, it is nice though, just because you have that. But um, my thing is like, if, if a decorator or a designer wants something that's not cleared, I try my best to kind of work around like, all right, well, I don't know really what to do like about that. I'm telling you it's well on my end, it's politics. When I get asked for the white elephant is what I call it. You just have to magically come up with this thing that doesn't exist. And you have to make sure that it checks all the boxes, but also makes your boss happy. And sometimes it doesn't go great. (laughs) I know. Yeah, it's true. And clearances can definitely kind of put a wrench in that. (laughs) Yeah. We were, um, there was this one time that we were buying the rights to use four like cat prints. Like they're just cat heads floating on 
frames. And uh, we submitted them to clearance. We provided the artist's information and the artist was still alive. So we were like, okay, let us know how much it will cost. They originally said it would be 800 to use all four images for the show that we were on. And our clearance department got involved and all of a sudden they were like, never mind, it's 1200. It's going to be 1200. We take it back. No 800. It's 1200. And the only thing that changed was clearance talk to them. And I was like, man, that is, that is some sneaky shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, it's crazy. And, and I know that, um, clearance is like, I know they have companies that will go in and just kind of like stop a scene and like, you know, see about art and stuff like that. Um, but on this last show, we used a ton of art and it was, it was all clear, um, for the stuff that I handled or the coordinator, she kind of made sure what was clear and what wasn't clear before I edited it. Um, but she could find a lot of cleared art, um, just because clearances on this last show was just amazing. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. I'm very happy for you. On your yeah. Side. It was pretty, it was pretty great. I don't, yeah. Um, but I've definitely, I've, I have been on shows where clearances got really, really tricky. Yeah. So yeah, I don't expect it to get easier, but I also would really like it to get easier. Does your relationship with set deck change depending on the medium? Like if it's a TV show, would you feel like your relationship with set deck is different on a TV show than a feature or a commercial or a I don't think so. Yeah. I feel like it's pretty much the same. I feel like sometimes on TV shows, if we're doing the same set, then it kind of takes me out of the middle a little bit, you know, like, cause the set that coordinator can pull a file or, or whatnot. But for the most part, I feel like it's pretty much the same. Oh, well, that's good. We like to be dependable over here. <laughs> <laughs> what would you say is your most requested item from set deck? Uh, paperwork, GAC. Yeah. So, but like I said, if I'm on a show with a really strong, um, coordinator or PA, they do try to do a lot of that. You know, like if you just have to look for eye stock images, you know, like that sort of thing, just to kind of like fill up space, they've been really good about that. Earlier in my career, I had to do a lot of like, you know, family photos for, um, set deck. Yeah. But it's not really a graphic designer's job. So lately I'm, I try to be like, no, <laughs> <laughs> I refuse. <laughs> yeah. If you need me to edit it or size it 100%, that kind of, there are things that I'm learning that sometimes I think graphics gets kind of caught in the middle of like what their job responsibilities are. And for the most part, I'm just kind of like, okay, I'll do it. You're trying to be helpful. And then- yeah. So, but then you have to make sure that your designer keeps getting what they want. So Definitely. I think the, the lower budget stuff, I know that from the stuff I've worked on, when we need images printed or like you were saying, family photos, we would always go to the graphic designer because it's like me who can barely print off a normal printer. And then we tend to not have a coordinator on lower budget things. It would just be the art department and then maybe we get a PA in set deck, probably not, but just like super low crew. So then you're going to the graphic designer and you're like, so uh, we have a plotter. <laughs> it's pretty and it's hooked up to you. <laughs> Can you help us out? <laughs> and and I think that's I think that's fine too. Plotters are like a different, I feel like plotters have really 
changed like our art departments a lot because now you can do so much with them. I was working on a show with this and I was doing all that stuff for set deck. Like, you know, I would spend hours printing, um, cutting, sometimes even like, you know, putting it on foam core, like spray. Uh, he was this, I mean, he's, he was such a character, but this um, set designer who's just been around forever, he was like, Megan, come take a walk with me. And like, so I went and go take a walk and he's like, this is what a graphic designer does. Like, you're not, you're doing the wrong job right now. So, but it would still so hard to be like, you know, if a, if a set decorator comes in and, and that's how that show has been doing it, it's really hard to kind of backtrack and be like, oh no, that's not my job. Like, and that's just not in my blood. Like, I'm, I'm not one of those people to be like, Oh no, I don't do that. So I do, I say yes to everything. So I have to be a lot better about that. So I really try to, to kind of delegate what is my responsibility and what's not my responsibility. Um, and it is hard. And I feel like I mess up all the time because sometimes I'll be like, sometimes I'll sound really mean, but I don't, I don't mean to just because I don't, I don't know how to like properly say like, no, I don't know. It's really, it's really hard. And I'm still learning that every single day. So, and I'm like, man, it's just easier to say yes, but then I get overwhelmed and overworked and all that jazz. But I have learned to say no to printing. Like that's, that's kind of like my, that's kind of my line. Yeah. Just cause, and I love doing it too. It's so much fun. Um, but it does take up so much time and it's not even with set deck, um, even with art department, like, yeah. So on one show I had a vinyl cutter and I loved making all my vinyls and everything because it was just so much easier. It just, it, you have one of those days where you have to create everything and there's just not enough time in the day. And then you started that precedent. So you now you have to kind of finish it. So now I have a vinyl cutter, but I just don't tell people <laughs> unless it's like a last minute thing. And then I can be like, okay, I can do this. You know, like if it's <laughs> so right. like, I feel like that's very clever. Yeah. So, and I don't have a printer just, you know, because it's just, it's my job is digital. So <laughs> yeah. I don't want to welcome that. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm trying to be better about it, but it is hard because it is like, whose job is it? You know, it's, you don't know. It's kind of a free for all. So exactly. Yeah. yeah. I was going to ask you if it's difficult to balance the two departments requirements, like set deck and our department's requirements. But then I think that goes back to what you said about having a second graphics department or a uh, second graphic designer on to help with all of the people's requests and everything that you're doing. Yeah. I mean, I do think it's really helpful. So, um, but, and also time is really nice too, like time to prep and time to kind of get what you need from everyone and all that stuff. So you, can take a moment to be like, okay, this is what set deck needs. And you can have a whole day to just create, you know, I feel like as the more recent shows I, I keep going on to, I feel like it, it gets better in terms of if there are two graphic designers, if, um, if you do have time, you know, so, and there's always those days where just everything like hits the fan at once. Yeah. I'm not a fan of those days. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, those days I'm like, all right, if it just happens a couple of times, it's all good. So <laughs> yeah, I'm, um, sometimes I get in charge, like set, you get put in charge of like really, really big sets all at the same time. And I mean, it, it's kind of, 
I feel like you're just in charge of a whole show. So this might not be as relatable to your, your situation, but sometimes I'll get put in charge of a bunch of sets that are back to back and they're all really huge and they all require so much character development. And it's just like, how am I going to take this to the framers, but also get up to Norcross, but actually also get to the prop house and then rent this, but meet the designer for this meeting or meet this person for that meeting. And you're like, ah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, you guys are kind of, I feel like on the same boat too, where a lot of times there's just one of you, you know, or maybe two, but so I just, I feel like the, the more people on shows, the better. And it kind of just makes things more fun too. So oh, yeah. I like, I would rather collaborate and have time to put something together than just like kind of put something on a piece of paper and like print it. <laughs> exactly. Not as fun. Uh, what is your favorite thing that you have collaborated with set deck on or that set deck maybe required of you? Was there in Jumanji that was like special or? Yeah, we did a lot of stuff, a lot of cool stuff on Jumanji. Um, but a lot of things that I felt like I did were kind of like for the art department and set deck, I guess, if that makes sense. So like a lot of stuff we would have like a, it built onto the set and then we would make like stencils or stickers or whatnot for set deck to like, fun. yeah. So we did a lot of um, stuff like that. The designer and um, set decorator for that team, they worked so well together and they're always, it just was kind of like a, a walk in the park in terms of like design wise or like creating content. When I worked on the uh, Taika film, we had to create this like Jesus, like tapestry that went on this like velvet fabric. So that one was pretty fun and working with a set decorator on that. I feel like that was probably, it was so simple, but just really cool and fun to see how it would turn out. That's awesome. That's really fun. Well, we spoke a little bit about how you're sort of dabbling into becoming a concept artist. And I was wondering how you would describe the job of a concept artist. Um, I feel like their job is to take what the production designer is thinking and making an illustration for it to use either as like a piece of information. Like if they wanted to show the set decorator, you know, like what, what they had in mind for the set, or if they wanted to show the director, like, Hey, this is what I was thinking. And then you have something that is, you have a piece of, of information that already has so much information in it, then you can kind of pass that along. And there's not as many, um, I think, I feel like it just helps transition into creating the set, if that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. It's, I forget sometimes that people are not in the same mindset that maybe creative people are, where when you're super creative, you can see something half done and you know what it will look like. You can envision what it will look like once it's completed. But there's a lot of people that have more of an analytical mind. So when they're shown something that's half done, they're like, no, this is wrong. And you're like, but it's not done. (laughs) But they have to see it done. Otherwise, they don't understand what you're talking about. So I feel like concept art helps really a lot with that. Yeah, I think so. And it also, it just kind of puts everyone on the same page. Um, And then you really get to explore exactly what the production designer wants. Um, Like on Jumanji, we had 
I don't know, maybe four or five concept artists. And it was just so cool to see what they created or what the production designer created and then using them as a tool to help illustrate it. It was just was really cool. And then if you compare what they have to the set, I mean, it looks, it looks really good. Like it's, you know, pretty like, okay, that's what I wanted. And there it is. Like, there's the set. It's done. <laughs> like, like, yeah. So, I mean, if you, yeah, if you have someone who's more analytical then, and they show up onto set and they're like, this isn't what I wanted. You're like, well, I should have a picture. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> proof that we spoke about this. <laughs> yeah. So um, I feel like there's just a lot less miscommunication when you have concept artists, but a lot of, a lot of shows don't have concept artists. So yeah, but a picture um, is worth a thousand words. Megan. It really is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what has your experience been like transitioning into concept art? Um, well, working in Atlanta, it's been pretty nice. I feel like there are a lot of, it kind of helps if you're an Atlanta local, because then if a film can't really afford a concept artist, they have one like literally in their backyard that they can pull from. So I'm happy that I live in Atlanta, but it's still a very, like everyone wants to get into concept art. So it's, it's very highly coveted. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's kind of hard. And like I said, a lot of shows, you know, they don't have them, but when they do, there's like, you know, five or six of them type thing. So competitive, that's a good word. It's very competitive to get in. Yeah. So I went a different direction with that. (laughs) (laughs) Do you prefer one job over the other graphic design versus a concept artist? Um, I like mixing it up because it is nice. I feel like concept art, you have I feel like your brain kind of works where you create one image and then you can move on to the next one. And it's, and it's really nice just to kind of create art. And then I feel like graphics, you are an artist, but a lot of times you also just have to figure out how to get it done as fast as possible, you know, when it comes to, so it is nice kind of switching it up. So then you, I like talking to vendors being a concept or being a a graphic designer just to see how things get made. And your, your brain kind of works on like a, I would say it's like 60% um, creative, but then it's also like 40% sourcing out. Yeah. Problem solving. Yeah. Sourcing out materials, seeing, you know, like what to print things on, like how things print on what dealing with different departments. But then it's also nice to switch because then you can go back to concept art and you're building models and it's you're using different parts of your brain. And I think it's, I like switching it up just so I'm not um, staying in one spot kind of thing. So. Yeah, I feel like that speaks to a lot of people in the film industry. We don't do well with like just a a nine to five situation where you do repetitive things. Yeah, <laughs> we, we need like almost a certain level of chaos to exist and thrive in. So change. Do. <laughs> yeah, and and I feel like too, you know, a lot of people from Atlanta, um, we can work for like months straight just because there's always so much work here so much yeah Yeah. and I don't think our brains like I I feel like that's why you know people who work on shows you get burnt out kind of thing so it's good to take breaks but we don't take breaks because we're always offered I mean it's just like it's just work is work is great here it's you know it's never ending but I think it's good to take a break yeah just because our hours are so long and you know yeah (laughs) It is for sure. Uh, What is the change that you would like to see in the film industry in the future? I mean, I don't think this will happen, especially now that a lot of stuff is streaming, but I do wish we had more production time. You know, I feel like it would, 
I feel like it would just be more beneficial and, and, and it would kind of strengthen the relationship between, I feel like art department and set deck too. You know, like if you have time to collaborate and to like, you know, and you do, but it's just, I feel like, yeah, when some shows are like, yeah, we shoot in two months or something, I'm just like, wow, like that's, it's crazy. So yeah, I, I wish that we had more production time before we started shooting. So what's your favorite color? Green. Oh, mine too. Yeah. I don't, green or blue. I don't know which one. (laughs) I don't know why I like that question so much. My friend Rob that came on the podcast was making fun of me for asking it. He's like, that's a first date question, but, but like colors tell so much about a person. And I have always liked green because I feel like that speaks to my chameleon abilities, which it's funny that you were talking about a chameleon too. Cause I was like, Oh yeah, she, she gets it. <laughs> yeah. You really have to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And this is the last question, uh, before we end. And I just wanted to see, do you have any tips, tricks or tributes that you'd like to put out in the universe right now? Oh man. I don't, I, what do you mean? Like what's uh, a, <laughs> uh, could be like, maybe use this color to cancel out this color or a trick could be like, Oh, printing, like the thing about printing for the mirror, take a photo oh, yeah. or a tribute could be someone like your dog. Boone. Hi, Boone. <laughs> I would say if you're going to print something, always make it look a lot brighter on your screen. Cause it'll always print darker. Oh, that's a good tip. Yeah. Or whatever Pantone color you like, maybe knock it down one or something so it's not as dark yeah I guess that's probably the thing that's helped me the most (laughs) that's awesome thank you so 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 much for doing this I greatly appreciate it we loved hearing from you awesome sweet yeah it was great talking (laughs) yeah thanks so much again Megan and um I am so glad you came on for go for set deck (laughs) awesome yeah thanks for having me (laughs) Thank you guys so much for listening to Megan and I's interview about how graphic design works with set deck and art department and all of the things that go into concept art. I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. If you guys want to check out our Instagram account, it's go for set deck podcast. If you want to write us a nice email, which I always love receiving. So I encourage those it's go for set deck podcast at gmail.com. If you want to follow Megan on Instagram, her Instagram handle is M-E-A-G-E-N-L-E-S-H-E-E-D-Y. And she's awesome, so you should. She's been a really great interview, and I just can't thank her enough for coming on. So I hope you guys uh, enjoyed today. And last last week, I lied to you about, A, the episode airing on Thursday, because I have now decided to change it to the episodes coming out on Sundays since my work schedule is getting pretty demanding. So I have to switch it up to Sunday releases. And I also lied to you last week about B, Dustin Berry coming on. (laughs) He had a last minute thing that he had to do for work. And so he couldn't make it onto the interview. So he's going to be coming in down the line, but I've got a prop house interview coming up and uh, we're going to talk about using vendors and it's going to be really exciting next week so hold on to your butts and enjoy your week bye